Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, is Rusty Mansell. We're coming to you on a early Thursday morning here in Athens. A little bit rainy, but Rusty, we are two days away from college football kicking off. How is this Thursday morning treating? Oh man, um, yeah. It, I think about Vanderbilt. I text my good buddy Barton Simmons up there and ask him if he had sunblock on out in Hawaii all week. They've been there all week, so. Uh, Vanderbilt obviously plays Hawaii what Saturday night like ten forty five. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean it's going to be good. I'm doing a couple high school games on Saturday, but certainly look forward to getting home and uh, you know checking out uh, you know the, the day and uh, you know following the Nebraska fans uh, and, and them landing in Dublin, Ireland. I know they are tearing it up over there, man. Yeah, I saw some of the beat writers were posting some of the yeah. things they're getting into already on a, on Thursday morning. Seems like a good time, and that's going to probably be the best game of this first weekend. Them playing Northwestern's at least sure. worth watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so earlier this week, we did our offensive preview for Georgia getting ready for twenty twenty two. We are nine days away from the opener against Oregon. We're going to kind of shift gears and talk about the defense and. Before we kind of go position by position, let's just talk a little generally, Rusty. This is a defense that lost eight guys from last year. All all eight guys, eight starters uh, were drafted. Uh, but obviously, there's still a lot of talent on this defense. What do you make of the uh, talent that's still on this roster defensively and, and what this unit uh, is going to be capable of doing? Again, going to be with uh, you know new co-coordinators, Will Muschamp uh, and Glenn Schumann with Dan Lanning now at Oregon. Uh, what do you make of this defense going into a new year? You know, I kind of go back to 2019 where everybody, you know, Jake Fromm and most of the offense was back and all the questions were on the defensive side of the football. And I think, if I'm correct, maybe game nine, I think it was game nine, Georgia didn't give up a rushing touchdown until game nine that year, you know, against Auburn. Uh, and, you know, I mean, this defense overachieved early on, a bunch of young kids. So I do think it's very talented. You know, you cannot replace um, that much experience and that much leadership right now. It doesn't mean this defense can't be really, really good. So, you know, I think as a year goes, you know, you kind of work between pieces and puzzles uh, and trying to piece this thing together and find out the best personnel that works for you. Uh, Obviously, injuries can change a lot of things, how you, you know, groupings and those types of things. But you know, we've all heard what happened the first scrimmage. I think the offense pretty much uh, had their way with that defense. And I think the defense's past scrimmage, the second scrimmage last week, uh, showed some things that probably Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp were excited about. And look, they're big, 
they got some guys that can flat out run. The only thing Georgia really is lacking is experience. Now, you know, I, it, you, it's impossible to think you're going to replace a Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean, you know, in that locker room. It's not going to happen right now. That's just, that's impossible. But it doesn't mean as a collective group, this can't be a really, really good product and, and win a lot of football games for Georgia. Yeah, the thing that Kirby Smart has really harped on when he's talked about really both sides of the ball, but specifically that defense is inexperienced talent. And there's only yeah. one way for those guys to uh, get experience is getting out there and getting reps. And, you know, we may see some growing pains at certain points, but obviously still a lot of talent to work. Uh, let's start the defensive line. Obviously, the marquee guy on that line is going to be Jalen Carter. We've talked about him a ton. A lot of people see him as a potential top five pick in 2023. But obviously there are pieces around him uh, that are going to be crucial, going to have to play big roles. Uh, Zion Logue, uh, you know, still kind of a question about who's going to be that defensive end. I've tried to really pay attention when we have been at practice about who's kind of taking those first reps, who is kind of standing out. And it seems like, you know, there's still, you know, Tremel Walthour, uh, Michael Williams, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, a guy they moved to that position. Seems like they've got good options uh, between those three, and, and maybe we'll see all three. Uh, what do you make of this defensive line specifically, knowing what we know about Jalen Carter uh, and those guys that are going to be playing around? Jalen Carter was the best player on defense last year, and that's saying a lot, but let me say it again if you didn't hear me. Jalen Carter was the best player on that defense last year, so he will be the best player on the defense this year. Uh, he'll probably be a top five pick, barring something crazy. Top six or seven for sure. He is a dominant, just take the game over defensive lineman. Now, obviously, you got to have people around him to help and to keep him from getting doubled and triple teamed every play. So, you know, I think you just look at Zion Logue and Nazir Stackhouse at that zero position nose guard. There's a couple of guys. And, you know, who starts there it really doesn't matter. You know, I think people get kind of caught up in that first team defensive line. They rotate those big guys so much that you got to be six, seven, eight deep. So, you know, if you want to ask me who's going to trot out there the first series uh, on that interior defensive line, I would probably go Jalen Carter, Zion Logue, and I'd probably go Tyring, um Ingram Dawkins. And uh, but it's certainly, you know, you're going to see the Warren Brinsons. You're going to see, uh, you know, uh, Michael Williams play. You're going to see these guys, uh, Walt Tower. You're going to see all those guys play some. So they're going to rotate a lot of bodies. But if you're asking me who I think is going to be out there the first series for Oregon on those three spots with a hand in the ground, I would probably go those three. And, and that's the thing, too. You know, I think it's easy to get caught up in who's starting and it's easy to, you know, get caught up on statistics. But mm -hmm. you just look at the talent they've got in this room. They're going to make the most of it. And the way to do that is rotate guys in, keep guys fresh. And, I mean, I think there's a lot to like about these guys just from what we've seen even going back to G-Day. You know, I really mm -hmm. like what I saw at Nazir Stackhouse. You know, some of those guys that might not, like you're saying, yeah. they might not be out there when that game opens. But I think they're ready to make an impact on that defensive line. Yeah, I mean, look, look, it, these big boys and the and the speed of the game. You know, it's something that hit me last week until I talked to one. There's a shortage of officials in high school football. And, you know, I just thought, look, there's not a lot of people trying to do that. The speed of the game is causing some issues. I mean, these guys are having to run so fast and keep up. Think about the defensive lineman speed of the game. They're having to run, set up, you know, you're talking about a 320-pound man trying to breathe in between sets and 
you know, that's how you see, uh, that's how you see those things where uh, young men ha- catch a cramp, quote unquote cramp against these fast paced offenses, you know? Uh, so the speed of the game allows you or gives you what you need to have to play multiple, multiple defensive linemen. And I think George is really deep there. I talked to a scout this week and, you know, he was talking about how big George is. I mean, the offensive linemen are massive. These defensive linemen are massive. I mean, uh, they're there. You know, I, I don't want to put a cap on them. I just, I can say this about Georgia. They're inexperienced. So they're going to go through those growing pains and they're going to start with a team. And there's a question here from uh, Brian Bivens about a coach knowing Georgia. Dan Lanning is going to know Georgia as good as anybody that Kirby Smart has faced, in my opinion, because he's been in that room. He knows the offensive mind thinking of Kirby Smart. He knows the defensive mind thinking. He knows how Kirby Smart is going to line up. He knows what Kirby Smart is going to do in this formation. He's going to know that maybe so somebody is not kind of as quick, and he's going to know the deficiencies at times that you know people went after Georgia kind of on the back end. So, you know, there's a lot of ends and there's a lot of game within the game with this Dan Lanning versus Georgia, but he also doesn't know some of the newer guys and you know some of the guys that's gotten better in the offseason. So. Uh, you know, that's going to be a real, real kind of chess piece to watch those two go at each other that way. But Dan Lanning is certainly going to know uh, Todd Munkin, and he's certainly going to know what Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann uh, and, and have kind of cooked up defensively to see. So uh, that's going to be really cool to see that. No doubt about it. going to be a, an interesting aspect of that game among so many other pieces. I uh, wanted to bring up what Curtis Maximus 51 said. How do you prepare for Jalen Carter? Pray? Uh, you know, I, I I was really intrigued getting to talk to Taylor Atledge. He was asked about Jalen, you know, coming off that injury, what's it like trying to stop him? And, uh, you know, I thought he made a good point. And he was like, you know, he's gotten the better of me, you know, a few times. He said, but it makes me better. I mean, think about what that challenge is like for those offensive linemen Georgia's got, having to face those guys week after week and, uh, you know, really, really grind it out because I don't know if it gets much tougher than it does uh, just – being out there on the practice field because when you got a guy like 88 it is uh it is a challenge in and of itself uh so let's uh shift to the linebackers we'll start really with um the position group that i i think i had the most questions about just coming into 2022 and it's inside linebacker losing the talent that georgia did from the 2021 team three guys obviously drafted in the first three rounds i, I think from what you know we've gotten to watch and what we've heard you know from kirby smart uh, from even Glenn Schumann, from some of the players, it seems like I feel really good about the various options they have at inside linebacker. Rusty, what's your take on some of these guys? You know, obviously, Jamon Dumas Johnson's a guy we've been hearing about, it feels like, since the first day of spring practice. Um, but a lot of other guys in there as well. Uh, what do you make of what they've got at inside linebacker going into this year? Here's your quote-unquote concern. Now, the way this defense is set up, and it's always going to be this way, those inside backers make a ton of calls. You know, I love the um, the the documentary, what the, the Year of the Dog they did on Georgia. I think SEC Network did that. And you see Lewis Seen talking about N'Kobe Dean, and they had a busted coverage in Florida, and N'Kobe fixed it and wind up getting a pick six right before Florida. He adjusted himself. The, you have to know what everybody's doing because at Georgia, the inside linebackers are making the calls and they're calling everything. They're getting everything set up up front. They're making sure everybody behind them is in the right packages. 
So that's where you have concerns of new players. You're talking about Channing Tindall, Quay Walker. Uh, even you go back to Monty Rice. He was that guy. You know, Tay Crowder, Monty Rice. Monty Rice made those calls for Georgia. Now, athletically, these are dudes. I mean, you, these guys, Smile Munden can freaking run. I mean, I, I watched Smile Munden take a tall sweep and go 90 the first time I ever saw him play. And I thought, man, this guy's going to be a hell of a linebacker. And he can flat out go and got linked. Uh, pop is, is pop. He will, he will absolutely deliver a blow there for you. Uh, Tresman Marshall, finally healthy. Xavier Sori, the guy, you know, everybody talks about how explosive he is, how long he is. You know, they got guys there. Uh, Jalen Walker, I think, is a freshman. You're going to see in that kind of uh, Channing Tindall role, you know, where they're going to bring him in and let him blitz. He can also cover on third down uh, with his speed and being explosive. So, athletically, I don't. I wouldn't worry much because that room is so stacked. It's certainly going to be stacked when these three freshmen that are committed get in there because these are three freaking dudes now. Uh, but I, I'll say this: it, you worry about some busts there because there's so much on young players. And I think if I'm Dan Lanning, knowing that's the situation, I try to create as much confusion there as I can because that is when it happens when you have a busty coverage. Somebody goes in the wrong gap. Um, you know, you go back to Kirby Smart. Glenn Schumann was a part of this staff, even though it was a, it was a butt whooping. When you go back to the Georgia Alabama game in 2015, and Georgia finally scores one, you know it was a bust on Reuben Foster going in the wrong gap. Well, he goes in the wrong gap, and Nick Chubb goes to the house. So, uh, you know, things like that happen with some young, inexperienced players, and that's just something they're going to have to fix over time. So. You know, athletically, I think these, this this room, is, as the year goes on, is going to be really, really good. I mean, these guys are – these are NFL guys they're putting in here. Now, uh, the, the the problem is how much experience and, 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 you know, what's the learning curve in what I call live bullets when that's – when it's on Saturday, uh, you're in the stadium against Oregon, you know, what, what's going to be the outcome there? Yeah, I mean, those inside linebackers, to the point you made, Russ, you're essentially the quarterbacks of the defense expected to do a whole lot. And you mentioned the athleticism of Smile Monday, and that's something Kirby talked about. And the guys coming in, obviously this is talking about next year. I don't know if you saw C.J. Allen's rushing stats from his first yeah. game. My my goodness, that looks like an athletic guy as well. Wilcox County head coach there uh, played them, and they lost. Uh, I think Lamar beat them 44-34 or something. And uh, – he coach Stowe, Rob Stowe down at Wilcox County texts me Sunday. He goes, I don't know how good a linebacker CJ Allen is, but I can tell you how good a running back he is. And that's one of the best running backs we've seen in a long time. And, you know, I saw Roquan Smith play tailback at Macon County and uh, saw him play uh, Callaway. Uh, Emory Jones first game he ever started. And uh, Roquan was playing tailback in the eye. You know, that's what type of athletes these guys are. Smile Monday, first time I ever saw him, he was playing running back. So, these guys, these these 6'2", 200-pound, 205-pound guys, that's what they transition to now is these inside backers. So, athletically, man, I mean, C.J. Allen, uh, Troy Bowles, and Raylan Wilson, who I think is the number one linebacker in the 2023 class uh, out of Tallahassee, all verbally committed to Georgia. Yeah, no, no shortage of talent coming in at that position. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the outside linebackers in the secondary in a second. We'll take a break real quick. Before we do that, uh, first, I want to thank everybody watching on Facebook Live, everybody tuning in on YouTube. I would recommend everybody go check out the YouTube channel, uh, Dogs247. Make sure and uh, subscribe there because we got all kinds of videos as we get ready 
uh, for a new season because there's going to be all kinds of content and uh, a chance to to get ready for what's going to be a big year. So uh, appreciate that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about the defense. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, Rusty, let's transition to outside linebacker a position where Georgia doesn't lack for experience, having two guys in Nolan Smith and Robert Bill coming back, but also a lot of talented guys behind them. Uh, you know, what I've seen, obviously, even going back to the spring, you saw Nolan Smith as kind of that leader. Uh, I think about one of the viewing periods we had, he was on the sidelines and had scraped his elbow or something, had blood running down his elbow, and a trainer was walking over, and he he waved her off. He said, man, I got I got to go. I got to go back out there and went out and uh, went out and did another rep. Uh, but also Robert Bill. Kirby has talked very highly of the camp that Robert has had coming in. Uh, you know, a guy that was highly touted uh, when he signed with Georgia and may, may have a big opportunity. Obviously, you know, I think it's kind of easy to forget he led the team in sacks last year, stepping up when Adam Anderson left. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, you know, the fact he's had a good camp, you got to feel good about what he can bring to this defense as well. Uh, what do you think about the outside linebackers? Really starting with those two and then the guys behind them, if anyone has really stood out. I think Robert Bill was in the portal at one time, too, and wound up staying. So that's a kind of a you know a side note of how important um, that guy is you know now. But this is the position. George has got to create pressure. I think um, you know you, you brought the Kobe Dean and those guys a lot last year, and everything worked out for you. Nolan Smith coming back this year. Certainly didn't get the grade he wanted to. You know, there's some questions NFL-wise on his size. There's no questions on his motor. And there's no questions on his love for football because everybody I talk to him, and this guy lives, breathes, and eats. He goes full speed every day, doesn't shut up. He reminds me of Richard LeCount. Um, you know, Richard LeCount, so energetic, a guy that, I, I mean, I've covered both these kids since eighth grade. Richard LeCount still had never shut up. I guarantee if ever Mike Kim in NFL, it will be gold. Uh, but Nolan's a talker too. And that's just, a, that's not a bad thing. That's just their personality. And, uh, you know, Nolan, uh, he loves it. You know, he's got to take that step this year and he knows it. He knows what his NFL grade was. He's got to take that step and he's got to show that he can play and he can play within a certain weight. Uh, Robert Bill, great opportunity for him to make some money this year, and in in the, you know, as he goes forward toward the NFL, you know, a young man that I think um, two guys I think I'm interested in as the season goes on, and uh, that's Marvin Jones Jr. and Darius Smith, and I've covered both of those guys. Um, you know, Darius Smith, you know, from he, this is a six five guy, you know, ran track, he's an athlete, 
He's got that length, kind of reminds me of Adam Anderson. He's a tall, wiry guy. Uh, you know, Adam ran track two at Rome and four by 100, 400, and that's what Darius did as well. So, you know, similar type of athlete to me. We'll see how he progresses. But I think Darius Smith is a guy that this time next year that we're really going to be talking about in a, in a big role, um, regardless of how this year plays out. Marvin Jones Jr. physically is ready to play now. Now, I, I think it's going to be hard for them to – uh, kind of get him out uh, of of some reps. Now, what I'm interested in, Jordan, is how much Michael Williams becomes a factor because they can stand him up in some plays. Uh, I do think his future is that five technique was hand in the ground, uh, but they can bring Michael off the edge uh, in, in some certain packages. So, you know, I think George is going to be able to find and create pressure. Uh, it's just, you know, how much can you – create what they call havoc from the outside linebacker position and leave your inside backers and those guys to play behind that defensive line. So there's a lot of game within the game, uh, but it's a big year for Nolan Smith. He knows it. He knows it's a big year for him. And uh, this kid, this kid's loved the Georgia Bulldogs for a long time. And the opportunity to suit back up more time was very important for him. Former number one overall recruit, uh, obviously uh, has done a good bit, but still uh, stuff to accomplish ahead of him for this year. And I think that's a good point about Michael. And I can't help but think, again, you can only take so much from stuff like this. But when he was first introduced, you know, they did like a, a video introducing all the freshmen. He identified himself as an outside linebacker. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that's a good point that we may see some of those guys get those opportunities to stand up and, and affect the quarterback. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, again, I've said a couple of times I was in Texas last year and um, he was the best player there. You know, he, I mean, this, you're talking about 70 All-Americans. And I've been around a couple of times. Bryce Young was that guy. When people, the other players start kind of, I'm not saying gawking, but they, they have attention. Like they, everybody knew Bryce Young was that dude there. Brian Brissett too, the Clemson defensive lineman. That, that particular week, they were like, man, this guy's for real. Um, it was that way with Michael last year. Every day, people were like, this guy just abused this guy. I mean, all day long, it was every I, – I would sit with the coaches in the hotel, and, the, and these guys don't really know – you know, these guys are from all over the country, and they're like, that Michael Williams, when the coaches are getting their picture made with him, so they'll have it a couple of years from now, pretty much tells you what you need to know about what type of player Michael Williams. I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. certainly – was was dominant out there too. It's just that Michael Williams on that particular week was that guy. Yeah, he joins a list of what is a ton of talent to come out of Columbus, Georgia. It's always yeah, fun. fun he's, to see this. he's a good kid, man. Uh, you know, I go down, I guess, uh, probably March of his junior year. And uh, you know, he called me up, said, hey, you know, would you come down? I go down, I shoot a commitment video. I shoot pictures. He wanted to do it at his grandparents' house. I've got pictures of, you know, his grandparents. All of a sudden, come summer, he's committed to USC. And I thought, well, that I can't ever release that one, you know. Mm. So, uh, eventually, I was able to run those pictures. But it was kind of ironic that I ran commitment videos from Michael Williams about our commitment pictures like six months later because uh, and his hair had grown out, you know. And I'm like, man, I, wonder if anybody, I don't know if anybody ever caught that, but those commitment pictures from, from Michael Williams were like six months earlier. And, uh, you know, and, and again, it's his decision. And, you know, he, he said, look, I'm going to release this in a couple of weeks. I said, just let me know. We got it. And it you know, kind of delayed, delayed, delayed. 
and next thing you know, he's committed to USC. But Dale McGee, uh, you know, talking about that car, that Columbus area you're very familiar with. Uh, Dale McGee did a tremendous job there uh, getting Michael Williams back and huge piece of the puzzle. Shift and uh, talk about the cornerbacks and also nickelback. We'll start with corner. Obviously, coming into even the spring, you knew Keely Ringo was that guy coming off of an excellent redshirt freshman season, obviously. In case you know any fans listening to this forgot he's the guy that made that 79 yard pick six everybody's shaking their heads like what are you talking about everybody knows what what happened there but obviously you knew keely's coming back expecting big things from him a former five star and the question was going to be that cornerback role opposite of him uh based on everything we've heard and seen it looks like kamari laster but georgia's got a good situation with guys like nylon green even the freshman dalen everett what do you make of cornerback you know even con- considering keely um, but the challenge of knowing that people know who Keely Ringo is now and, and the challenge that other cornerback spot is probably going to face as a result. Kamari Laster's got that spot right now, as of right now. And uh, this is a guy that, you know, kind of the ranking on him, people, you know, obviously he's going to have, what, a couple five stars that he's starting over right now. And, um, you know, th- that doesn't mean anything to George. They could care less about any of that. Uh, Kamari Lasser has gone out and done what he's wanted needed to do to keep this job. And I heard he was absolutely locked down last week. A couple of batted balls, almost, almost two interceptions. I mean, he played, he had the best performance of anybody so far. I was told in the, in the fall last week, he just, that was it for him. He got that job. So we'll see, you know, there can always be changes. Uh, you know, there's dime packages. So all these guys, you know, Dalen Everett's a guy that I'm sky high on that Georgia got late last year. And uh, they had some very talented defensive backs they brought in this class as well. So, you know, I think they're good there. They're young. Um, you know, Keely Ringo is not going to get tested a lot. You know, I think that that, that Kamari Lasser is going to have an opportunity to, um, you know, show what he can do. And uh, I think that I think right now that Georgia feels pretty confident in him after the performance. And uh, we'll see when those live bullets get going uh, in Mercedes Benz. Obviously a good sign that in a big moment, we talk about how big that second scrimmage is, that Kamari rose to the challenge. Obviously going to be totally different, like you said, when the bullets yep. are flying. But but yep. to pass a test like that, you, you have to think that makes you feel pretty good. That was, a, that was an interesting one because, you know, in all my time, I never thought I'd be driving to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to break a commitment video and to the University of Georgia. But Kamari got down to Georgia and Clemson. And I thought at one point he was going to Clemson. I think Clemson felt really good about him. And uh, George did a really, really good job there. Ironically, it was Glenn Schumann and Dan Lanning that did a great job on that. Those two were the lead recruiters there. So Dan Lanning did a good job. Now he's got to face that young man. Uh, that's the challenge of becoming a head coach for the first time. The timing just uh, yep. not not quite probably what Dan Lanning wanted, but it's still going to be worthwhile, no, no yep. doubt. Yep. Uh, talk about nickel. You know, it seems like William Poole, uh, one of the, I think there's three super seniors. He's one of the guys that is coming back, uh, but they got other options and guys that we've heard good things about, like Javon Bullard. Uh, what do you think about William coming back with another year? A guy that, you know, was kind of challenged toward the end of last year, but obviously ended it on a very high note. I've said this a couple of times, man. You know, William Poole, they went out, Alabama went after him in that, in that championship game, the SEC championship game. And they went after him in one-on-one, and he gave up some plays. And I've known William Poole since he was in the 10th grade at Hateville Charter High School. 
he came back in that national championship game and he played his tail off and made that third down play was underrated uh, in that fourth quarter that he undercut that dig route. Um, Saying that right now, if I had to put money on it, I think Javon Boulder is going to start at star, but I do think William Poole is going to be a big piece of this defense. I mean, that's not so much who's in that first rep, who's in that second rep against Oregon to me. It's who's in that who, who's in that role when Tennessee rolls a town when it's I mean it's going to be throwing it all over the field and all these big games are going to play uh, you know as the season rolls on. So if you're asking me today, I think with his size and a little bit more speed on the top end, I think you're probably going to see Javon Bullard uh, kind of out there in those first reps from from what I can tell uh, at star position. Yeah, and I think Javon's ready. You know, I thought he played really well at G-Day. If I'm remembering right, I think he had that pick right before halftime. So, you yeah. know, it's it's a situation when you look at this defense again and again, you know, it, it almost feels like a cop-out, but you're like, you know, especially when it comes to, to any of those defensive backs, those guys in the secondary, they have so much talent. And, and they, they have the opportunity, again, like we talked about with the defensive line, you know, if they need to switch guys in and out, they've got the talent to do that. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they're they deep in the secondary now. But it's just, you know, again, with, with so much um, – there's so much – so much – it's almost the, – the secondary is almost basketball because they'll get you one-on-one. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a social media thing talking about a breakdown of uh, the 2014 Michigan State-Ohio State game. And Ohio State felt like Michigan State had a corner that, that – that they felt was shaky at, and they went at him 11 times in that game. So defenses are looking for any kind of – offense are looking for any kind of matchup they feel like they can exploit. So it's those one-on-one battles, and uh, you're not going to see a ton of people testing Keely Ringo. So, so other guys opposite of him are going to have to uh, to, to um, step up. And But I think right now, I think I, Javon Bullard's a guy that I think Georgia feels confident in, and, and William Poole as well. So – I don't think it's to make so much about that first drive, that first half. Uh, show me who's in in the third and fourth quarter, and I'll tell you kind of who's number one on that depth chart right now. So let's move back to the safety position, a position I think of a lot of intrigue, even again going back to spring, knowing that they had to replace Lewis Seen. But having Chris Smith come back I think is a huge win for Georgia, him deciding to come back for his super senior year. And the question has been who's playing opposite him. And all signs seem to be Dan Jackson, but we know that there's yeah, other options. Careful, careful with that. That's yeah, I know. I know. I thought we might need to censor it. That might might upset some people. Uh, but also, we got to talk about Malachi Starks, a true yes. freshman, obviously, who was highly regarded. Yep. Uh, Rusty, just talk about the safety position, including Chris Smith, but also the other guys that are factoring in. Chris Smith, uh, invaluable because of the experience, maturity, um, is he is he over athletic? He's not. You know, he's not. He's not a speedy guy, but he is a football player. He's a guy that's intelligent back in that back end. And again, you know, um, I think the play before the pick six, he comes across the field on a play that Darian Kendrick was beat on, and he comes over the top and bats a ball down. You know, people don't you, you kind of get lost within the game, but that's what a safety does. He comes over the top and helps. And uh, I certainly think Chris Smith that plays a lot faster than he is. And that's all that matters. Uh, Dan Jackson is a guy. It's hard for people to kind of swallow that they got to walk on 
and the guy's still a walk-on from what Kirby Smart says at SEC Media Days um, back there in a group where there's all these loaded people. Now, I think Dan Jackson brings you some experience. Obviously, um, you know, he's got a lot of experience. He's a fast kid. You know, he's, he's – uh, I remember talking to a UGA staffer off the field probably about this time last year, and they're like, look, we got a walk-on that's going to play. And and I'm like, okay, you know, what's going on here? But uh, Dan Jackson's came in, and he's kept his role, and, and I think he's going to start. Now, he's got a young man that that's, that is extremely talented and a, a very, very gifted athlete that's bigger than Dan Jackson. I mean, Malachi Starks is uh, – He's that dude now. He's a 10, 500 meter, 24. I don't think people kind of grasp a 24 7 long jumper in his size and the explosion that shows within your, your hips to be able to do that. I think when you look at Malachi Starks, you're going to have to find a way to play him. So they go to these dime packages and they have this position called money. Now, we don't get into all these things. But all money is, is putting your best six on the field. And I would be surprised if Malachi Starks is not in that first group. Now, does Malachi Starks start by game three or four? Very well could. But if he does, Dan Jackson's still going to be a part of the best six DBs in the, in the best six package they got, in my opinion. So at some point, uh, you know, it's going to be a question of, is Malachi Starks picking it up enough and how has he performed on Saturdays? Uh, but right now, that's the, I think Dan Jackson and Chris Smith are going to be on the back end, but you're certainly going to see a lot of this true freshman from Jefferson, Georgia. Um, I just I just think the world of Malachi Starks, I think, I think he's going to be a superstar in Athens. You mentioned the money position. Just uh, the few times we've really gotten to watch what even looks like a semblance of that secondary, Malachi was playing that money position in mm -hmm. one of the mm -hmm. practices we got to see. So, And, yeah. you know, you, you've hit on this too, and, and I actually mentioned this last week, Talking about Malachi, you know, we've heard, you know, I've heard Muschamp and I've heard Kirby at practice, you know, really getting on him, you know, making sure he's learning because, you know, again, this guy was playing high school football last year. I mean, you know, I think sometimes people lose sight of what that challenge is. I mean, to go from that to, to you know, a, you know, potentially be to potentially be playing SEC football. I mean, that's a huge step. So there, you know, when it comes to a guy that talented, we may see him in the mix, but I mean, it's not going to be seamless. You know, it will take some adjusting. Also, he's banged up last year. Yeah. Also, he's playing quarterback. You know what I mean? So they want to protect him. I mean, he's playing single high safety in a high school football scheme. And next thing you know, you've got Kirby Smart and these guys breathing down your neck. So uh, every day. So when he's uh, able to, to, to process everything and allow his athletic ability to take over, that's when you see a five-star player, and I think it's only going to get better as the year goes on. Before we get out of here, Rusty, any general thoughts or things you're really paying attention to with this defense going into 2022? And, and I'll start with mine. The thing that I am really the most intrigued with, just based on what we've seen, what we know, is what kind of pressure this defensive line can create. I was really struck after that first scrimmage Kirby talked about you know, he's pretty disappointed in the lack of pressure they were able to create. And again, he, you know, he talked about that first scrimmage. That's not crazy as far as the defense kind of being behind. They really hadn't been tackling live through fall camp. Uh, I asked him after the second scrimmage what he thought about the pressure. He said, 
it was better, but it's still not what Georgia has to have getting into the season. That's sort of my biggest question with this defense, really looking across the board, is just what they are able to do as far as creating that habit, creating that pressure. Uh, is there anything that really sticks out to you, questions you feel like are going to determine where this defense kind of comes together and how they play this year? Well, I'll tell you this, and Kirby Smart would never say it, but I'll tell you this, that defensive line is facing the best offensive line they're going to face all year, every single day in practice. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how much habit you're going to create. Now, let's see what they do against Oregon. You know, can they bring, can they create pressure with three, four down linemen and not bring an extra body? Uh, but they're not going to see anybody like this offensive line they face every day. I mean, I've said it before, I think Amarius Mims is going to be a first-round draft pick. Amarius Mims is not starting. So when you start talking about things like that and you got a guy like Cedric Van Pran and, you know, Tate Ratledge and Truss and Willick and all these big body guys, and you got a, oh, by the way, you got a, a, a left tackle that's going to be a big-time prospect over there too, Broderick Jones. I mean, it's tough, but it's going to make them better. The Georgia offensive line is better because of those dudes they went against every day in practice last year, the Trayvons and Jordan Davis and all those guys. So it works both ways, and I think that, uh, you know, I want to see – after Oregon, how the defensive looks because they're not that Oregon offensive line is not giving them the same look as they're getting in Athens right now. Before we get out of here, I want to shout out Ohio Dog ninety five in the comments who I think has said what really feels like is true about this defense: vets in the right spots and young talent in the others. I mean, that's sort of what we're looking at with this defense. And again, you know, I've done a lot of radio hits talking about Georgia getting ready for this year. It's a credit to Kirby Smart and how they've recruited. You know, they are in a position where you're going to lose guys. Obviously, they just had 15 guys drafted off of this team as a whole. Uh, but, you you know, you expect guys to step up. And uh, it's going to be really fascinating just to see what that looks like. Guys being asked to do a lot more than they did in the past and just see how successful they are at it. You know, there's all talking season's almost over for us, George. Thank God, Rusty. Thank I'm, God's all I can say. You've done you've done a great job, and I, I think we're at that point, man. We're just like, can we just get to game week? And uh, I've got like three more shows to do today, and I'm sitting here thinking, Lord have mercy, let's just get through this next week and get to this to this game because we're gonna have film, we can see packages, we'll have things to talk about, but. Uh, can't say enough about these people that are on here, Brian Bivens, Glenn, Jordan, everybody's here every single every single week uh, on this podcast. We pre certainly appreciate it. And that YouTube page is blowing up. So um, certainly appreciate it. And uh, I, I look forward to it, man, as we move forward. But talking season, man, it, it's, this, this last couple of weeks is, is pretty rough. We're down the home stretch, and thank God for it. Appreciate everybody for watching. Appreciate everybody for listening, for tuning in on YouTube and uh, and also on Facebook Live. Again, uh, there's a link to the Dogs 247 YouTube channel in the comments. Be sure and, co and uh, go subscribe there. Uh, make sure and share the episode of the podcast if you're listening to us after the fact. Thanks to Rusty. I know he is super busy getting ready for the start of college season. Obviously, he is knee deep, knee deep in high school football season as well. But appreciate four, Rusty. Four games this weekend. If I can get through that. And yes, the coffee is definitely on. Somebody asked me the coffee was flowing. It's been flowing. But thanks to Rusty for popping on. Appreciate everybody listening, everybody watching. We're going to get out of here on that. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, take care. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7.
The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.